Hello and welcome to the Coivecast uh, for a very, very, very special episode. A little bit different for us. You will be listening to this, we hope. If you are listening to this, it means it's worked. On launch day, launch day of the Casper Tigers away kit for 2024. Um, via the power of time travel, we are a few weeks behind you. Um, thanks to the good people at Casper, we were a little bit cheeky. We sent a message and we thought... Could we do something for the club? Could do something for us as well? Could we get a little sneak peek at the kit in order to uh, create this podcast for you on launch day so you can listen to our thoughts on the kit straight off the bat? Hopefully we've announced, we've uh, put this out right on the announcement. So what you're about to hear in the first section of this podcast, it's going to be a fair bit longer because we've got Steve McNichol from Cast Rubber Shirts on the show later on, which we're really excited for. But this first section, it's just me and Adam. Adam's here too. Say hello, Adam. Hello. Is here as well. Um, you're about to hear our very first genuine reaction to this away kick because we've not seen it yet. Uh, no. We're about to see it. I'm about to press a button and we're about to see it. And um, yeah, no idea. So are you ready, Adam? Oh, absolutely. For the lovely people at home that can't see what we're looking at, Ross has currently got his WhatsApp open. <laughs> yeah, Screen but... sharing. He's this hovering, is hovering over the chat. Pure technology. Here we go. Um, all right. First glance. Ooh. It's something, isn't it? Definitely something. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. I quite like that. In a weird way, I like that. I mean, what it is, is a colour scheme we've been talking about for a very long time, isn't it? Definitely. It's been something that's been toyed with. The idea around it, it's definitely different to what we've had before, or especially in recent memory. Definitely. Oh, it's, it's certainly different. <laughs> That's for sure. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is genuinely our first reaction to this. We've not seen this. We have, it's been kind of hinted at. I feel like on Twitter and not from the club or anything like that, but within fan bases and obviously we've spoken yeah. to various people, like this idea that maybe we're getting something a bit more I wouldn't call this retro, but something more of a retro scheme at the least in terms of the colours. I think I threw up the idea of kind of the red and black we had in like 95, I think it was, and a few others. But yeah. purple and green is something we've thrown around a number of times, isn't it? Yeah, we've played with that colour scheme before and I think it works. It's it's an interesting design as well. I think outside of the colour scheme, quite interesting, quite out there. It, mm. I reckon this will be very chalk and cheese. It's a Marmite with one some, for sure, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a Marmite one. People will love it. People will absolutely hate it. And I reckon neutrals probably will come down on mostly hate. Oh, we'll be getting some one out of tens. We'll get some two out of tens yeah. from rival fans on this one. Absolutely. Do you know what? Of all the kind of mad designs we could have come up with, this is nowhere near a bad one. I've seen a lot worse. I like the integration. I like the fact that the sponsors yeah. are white. Yeah, that's very clever, very smart. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't. Have, I don't. Yeah, this is definitely a kit that doesn't work if all the sponsors were their their actual colours. Yeah. Like for example, if you had the CBR, for example, in, in the yellow and blue, but maybe not. Uh, yeah, I think this works. Absolutely, I, I, think, I think this works to me. And it's a bit of a a take away from. It's a very big move away from the home shirt. It doesn't yeah. look. Yeah. It's not just a, a reverse colour scheme like we've had before. It's a out and out away shirt. It's an alternative shirt. It is. It is. I, I'd like to know what's going on with the design. I'm not really yeah. sure. <laughs> is it just we'll just throw it on and see what it looks like? I don't know if there's any kind of rhyme and reason behind 
the actual yeah the, the actual kind of patterns on the front of the shirt I, I don't know if there's anything to that i think it's just mm. they're just chucked it on there's some triangles i can see yeah um there's i guess like a stripe across a little bit but um there's like a bit of a pink spot kind of pattern i guess yeah I like it's, it. You know, it's, it's, it's different. It's certainly different. And like you say, I think the crucial thing we're, we're going to talk about with this with Steve is it, it's been quite a while, I think, since we've had a proper, proper alternate shirt in terms yeah. of something that's not been, all right, we're, we're going to have the amber-orange debate, but something, either orange-amber, white, black. Yeah, that's pretty much what we've had for the last kind of five, six years, isn't it? I can't remember yeah. the last kind of really out-there kit. So at least it is a bit a bit different. I mean, it's, we've certainly not had green shorts for a while, have we? No, no. <laughs> Be interesting to know when what last time we had green shorts. I I think I can remember way back, sort of early two thousands potentially. Yeah, I mean the last time the last time we had this design, I'm well not design, but last time we had this color scheme, I'm thinking around two thousand and eight nine ish, maybe yeah. around then. Yeah. It was the, the, the Diggerland kit had it, didn't it? That yes. that that had the purple, green, and white, which is obviously what this is alluding to. And the famous Diggerland kit, or one of the famous Diggerland kits. Uh, there was definitely a couple in the nineties, which were probably a bit more of a traditional design, but had that kind of purple and green. But yeah, we we've probably gone a whole decade decade and more without using this scheme. But it's not a complete. That's the thing. Like, as you said, I don't really care what other fans think. But like no. a non-cast fan will look at this and we'll, they go, "That's the most random thing in the world. What on earth have you done?" Yeah. There is a little bit of history behind this cause, at least, which other fans won't understand. But this is probably the fourth, fifth kit with this kind of purple and green, isn't it? So at least there's something kind of historically to to, to go at. You know, I'm excited to see being worn in person. Yeah, actually being worn, I always feel like kits look a lot different actually on the field than they do on a phone screen or a yeah on a laptop or computer screen. Yeah, hundred percent. We need to get a bigger shirt for Robin, don't we? <laughs> That's what I've noticed <laughs> in the last two. I think in the last two uh, photo shoots we've seen, also for the home kit, and now this one. I think I think Brody even needs a smaller top on. He's to get in the gym. I think <laughs> a little bit less him. Um, but He's definitely yeah, not got a pro fit shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. Though I think it's um, these shirts always look better on. I, I, yeah. I think. I mean, we'll get onto the home kit when we get Steve on later. But I think the home kit will look fantastic on. Yeah. Uh, on the players, and I think this is one, which. Uh, yeah, I like it. And, and if nothing else, we've got enough green that we can. If we're terrible, we can blend into the pitch. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Try and hide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So first reaction. Marmite. I like it. Overall, like it. it it's gonna Overall be like it. Yeah, it, it's gonna split opinion. I'm sure, yeah, but for sure. even at I mean, we're, we're, we're five minutes into looking at it now, and I'm already on board of it. I think so. Um, yeah, happy, happy. So, Steve, uh, welcome. First and foremost, I always find this awkward because we've just said welcome before we've actually hit record. But um, welcome to the podcast, mate. Nice to have you on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, it's been a really good listen for the, the few months that you've been doing it. So good to be on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We really do appreciate that. Um, you are the perfect person, I think, for this particular podcast. I think that's that goes without saying. Obviously, you can find yourself on Twitter at Cast Rugby Shirts. Who else but to speak to on the day that the Away Kit has been launched? Um, it's going to split opinion a little bit, I think, isn't it? I think we, we discussed this the other day. Uh, when we were kind of gunning for this podcast. Um, it's certainly one that is going to split opinion. Obviously, we've already given our kind of initial opinions, Adam. Adam's also here. You know, you know Adam. Hello, guys. 
Um, we've already given our initial opinion in the first part of the podcast, so we've kind of got our feelings about it. Obviously, Steve, you've had um, a view uh, to, to a certain extent of this kit for a long time. Uh-huh. What, are your, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a great compliment to the home kit. Um, so, yes, I agree. Um, I think it's going to be a bit more of one of those love it or hate it kind of kits. Um, but they're the kind of kits that often turn into those kind of court classics. Um, and, and over time, they often they often grow on people as well. Um, so I think sometimes the initial reaction to it, you, you might see some kind of, or oh, that that's controversial. But over time, it becomes it becomes less and less controversial and, and more and more kind of a, appealing. Um, so I, I think it's a really good compliment to the to the home kit. Obviously, we've got um, with with the home kit, we've gone for kind of kind of classic um, design. It, it's simplistic. I think it's really effective. Um, that home kit. Um, so we've we've got a home kit that that's got a really classic design. Um, I think it'll look really good on the field as well with that that amber at the top and the contrast with the, with the black. Um, it, it should be a, a really good look on field. Um, but I think because of that classic design of that first kit, having something a little bit more abstract, a little bit more off the wall, maybe, um, it is a really good kind of foil for for the home kit to have that kind of away shirt. Um, so yes, it, it will split opinion. Um, obviously, we've had purple and green before, um, and and it split opinion. I'm old enough to remember uh, as a, a teenager at the time, um, this this purple and green colour scheme split in opinion then, um, and I think it it will do the same now. But I think again, what what we always think about in in designing the shirts is in this season, have we got a range of shirts where one will appeal to everybody? So it's impossible to get a shirt that every single person likes. It's just not doable, which is it's why they have such a hard job with the England kit, um, because because we're producing one shirt for the England kit, um, and 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 nobody likes every single design and every single colour scheme. Um, so so what we aim to do over the range over the season is is design something that hopefully one of them will appeal to to everybody and hopefully multiple ones. But I think that's kind of obvious from the home and the away so far is that those who are, are really liking the home kit potentially maybe aren't going to be that keen on the away but those who want something a little bit more modern with a little bit more of a, a funky-ish design I think will really go for for the away kit and if everybody likes one of those two then then our work is has, has been really successful yeah I completely agree on that and I think that, that's the point with the away kit as well in terms of this kind of Funky design, as you say, and obviously a, a throwback to some calls we've used previously. Probably you'll know better than me, probably three, four, five times in the past. Um, away kits in recent years have been very cast colours, if that makes sense. We've kind of stuck with the kind of either white or the black or obviously the amber. Uh, so obviously, we've gone to the amber kind of third kits and things like that, uh, while we've had the orange. So it probably is the first one in quite some time where we've gone kind of well away from the kind of base colours, isn't it? What was the last one? What was the last yeah. one? Yeah, we sure. had that kind of blue and white um, in 2023. Mm. Um, obviously, that I think the the kind of design features around that were um, were again simplistic. But I think the away shirt last year was very much one that was meant to appeal to a broad range of people. Yeah. Um, it, it had very good kind of casual wear appeal. You see a lot of people out and about in it when it's it's not game day. Whereas you didn't necessarily see that with 
the orange shirts you tended to see those on game day but you know the the bright oranges uh, and the predominantly amber shirts maybe not necessarily what people are wearing on a on a day-to-day basis that kind of <laughs> do they look good with a good with a pair of jeans test um so the bright oranges the bright ambers the predominantly amber shirts maybe a little bit less appealing for that day-to-day kind of casual wear whereas um last year's away shirt i think kind of was very good for that that kind of casual wear the day-to-day wear and again i think we've got that this year i think that that black home shirt with the 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 um the amber top is a really nice casual wear shirt and i think people will be wearing that other than on game day whereas i think with the away shirt it, it could potentially be a very much a get is a game day shirt and this is the one i'm going to wear um on a friday night or a sunday or, or whenever the fixture is um so i think i think we've covered that kind of range quite nicely as well or oxen have covered that that range quite nicely as well between having something that is kind of appealing for casual wear and can be worn on a day-to-day basis without sticking out like a sore sore thumb in the pub um but also the, the it game day some people i will say that <laughs> absolutely and, and nor should it nor should it no, no, um, i mean coming back to those um those kind of am really predominantly amber shirts i love them Right, I'm I'm quite a traditionalist. I I love to see Cass playing in um, in predominantly amber with some black, um, but ultimately the sales of those haven't been great. Um, they've sold reasonably well, but they they haven't sold as as well as you'd expect with the amount of people who are kind of on social media who want to go back to that that predominantly amber colour scheme. Um, and certainly when we released the home shirt this time, there were a few comments of you know, swap the colours around and it's a proper cask yeah. shirt. But the third shirts that have been amber, they've sold okay, but but it, they've not been as popular as you might think um, if you're just looking at reaction on social media. I made the point as well. I think I made the point to you, Adam, didn't I? That the, the problem with if we'd have gone the, the reverse with the home kit this year and had been predominantly amber with kind of the black um, chevron, whatever you want to call it, at the top as well, the problem you think you've got as well, as you say, they don't sell particularly well, but also probably one of the most traditional designs we've ever had was the third kit last year. So if you were ever going to get an amber shirt in this kind of modern generation, you're probably going to get one last year. Absolutely. And, let's, and let's be honest, what are they 51 quid in the shop? I mean, they're not cheap anymore. Um, so there's people not necessarily, some do, of course, do, and obviously the club want this to be the case. I want this to be the case. I hope everyone buys every shirt we ever release, but they are quite expensive commodities nowadays. And realistically, if you've got, you know, the Amber kind of 86 style jersey from last year, there's a good chance you're probably not going to go for just a standard Amber design this year, I suppose. So it, it made perfect sense to me to go back to black, which obviously we've not done for a, a couple of years. Obviously, black. obviously we had one back in uh, 2021, didn't we, for the, for the cup run? Yeah, um, I think one of the things you would say about black is, is it's a good seller. Um, it, it looks good. It, it sells well. Um, and if you can add that Amber um color scheme into it 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 is a cash shirt and i think one of the things i always think around when when i think about the home shirt of for cas and for any club i think one of the tests is to to imagine it without the badge imagine it without the sponsors does it still look like a cash shirt would you be able to give it to somebody who knows about rugby league even without the badges and even without the sponsors and show them it and they say that's a cash shirt and i think that's what we look at for that home shirt is does it have that cast um image does it have that cast kind of feel to it um and and i think that's important for the home shirt and i I think we do with this one i think if you took the logos and the sponsors off off this year's home shirt and you showed it to someone who knows rugby league they would say that's got to be a cast shirt 
I think that's a good witness yeah, test. I think it's a fair point. Um, I'll bring you in, Adam, because the next thing I really want to discuss, which is really kind of key to all of this, particularly the home kit, obviously, um, is this amber kind of orange debate. Obviously, we've gone amber this year. I think we've been orange since 2015, off the top of my head. Uh, predominantly, obviously, we've, in my lifetime, pretty much uh, being a cast, and we've probably gone in kind of cycles, really. Uh, I think when I was kind of first knocking around, when I first started, uh, well, Again, I've said in the podcast many times, my early memories of the Tigers are around kind of 2004. So around that time, we were orange. We then moved to Amber, I want to say about 2006, 2007, around then. Uh, and then and then the flip happened again in, in 2015. So we have gone on these cycles. We are now on the next cycle, it would seem, and we are now going Amber again. Adam, make some mates. Um, <laughs> which do you prefer? <laughs> I know prefer, the answer to this question. I prefer so the orange. I'll be honest. I feel like the the amber is just it's too garish, especially when it is a shirt that's predominantly amber. I much prefer it when it's a subtle accent color, like in the home shirt, where the yeah. home shirt's predominantly black with the amber accents. I feel like it looks a lot better and a lot, I'd say, more acceptable. I know Steve's obviously mentioned about it being wearable on yeah. non-game days. I just think with the logo at the moment, I don't know we've got little teaser for later on coming on to a bit of a discussion about logo. The logo is orange. Tigers are orange. <laughs> that is the general debate, isn't it? Which, <laughs> so for that, and I feel like sometimes when you've got a predominantly amber kit and you've got the orange logo, it really stands out and it really bugs me. Mm. Whenever I've seen it, I'm like, it just doesn't look right. I have noticed, I think, to be fair, I have noticed on some of the training range, I think, whether they've done it, I assume it's a, it's a choice. I think they've changed the colour of the logo a little bit, yeah, haven't I've... they? Or at least some of the training range, I've noticed, it is more of the ambery colour. Yeah. The actual tiger itself. Which it shows that... they can do that, which is... Yeah. which that I, looks I like great. That. And I think the, the training kit with the amber accents looks quite smart and looks quite clever. Yeah. And yeah. I do quite like the kind of training range this year, especially. But yeah, yeah it... it's just an interesting one. Yeah, the, the training range has been really popular. Obviously, I, I had some conversations with um, with Oxen before um, before I came on today, and um, just to kind of get get a bit of a heads up. And and the the training range has gone really well. Um, it's selling really well. That um, that the home tra- training range. I've forgotten. Yep. They've given it a name, haven't they? Ele- electric training range. Electric, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's um, but it, it's selling really well. It's proving to be really popular. Um, as is as is the home replica. Um, it that's also selling really well. So it, it seems to have been a, a positive move back to black and amber. Um, yep. and ultimately, it, it can be a little bit easy to be swayed by what people are saying on social media yeah. um but ultimately sales sales dictate how popular a shirt is um and this seems to be doing really well um and and the other thing again with social media is obviously those people who like it are on oxen elite pros website buying it whereas yeah. those people who don't like it are on twitter selling as they don't like it so you've always got to be a little bit careful because sometimes what's maybe on social media isn't necessarily a true reflection of how popular something is yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I know which people I prefer to listen to. <laughs> it's the ones who are giving fifty-one quid to the club, I think, uh, in most instances. But um, yeah, this Amber Orange thing again. We'll come on to it later on because we're going to mention kind of logo and the kind of general brand of the club. I think that's the core issue. I, I think in terms of the shirts themselves, in terms of the training ranges, in terms of the replicas, I think you're right. What sells is, is what we should go with. Uh, I think it's as simple as that. We're, we're in a sport with money 
absolutely hemorrhaging out of the game. Any any way we can create revenues, we should create revenues simply. And uh, if there's a certain style that's going to sell more kits, then we should go that route. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I think as well what what we need to think around with the shirt designs there was a lot of stuff around negativity around all four shirts last year and um, I think we yeah. did for the year before you can't have it both ways if you want to generate revenue and you want to sign the players who you want to see on the field <laughs> yeah, then exactly. the way to generate revenue is to produce stuff that people buy um, and if the business model is that four shirt designs sell more in total than three well that has an impact on who you can sign so last year when when we needed those those new players um would we have been able to bring all of those new players in if we hadn't gone with the four shirt model potentially not absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. i think i think we had a question very very early on in the podcast episode three or four when i did one of the initial q a's about um training rangers so it's a similar kind of thing obviously four kits generally we've got what five six seven whatever it might be different training rangers throughout the year and people saying oh, it's too many it's too many but I, I kind of raise it to that person. Walk down Carlton Lanes in Castleford <laughs> and you'll see people wearing one of every kind of range. You can people buy it. And you know, people might initially say that this Awake It, for example, is again like funky, it's a bit too garish, it's da-da-da, because it's got this abstract design. Look at all the training kits you've worn over the last 10 years. <laughs> Look at all the shirts <laughs> that have flown out of the shop with these crazy designs. I mean, I think every year we see a training range and there's something in, in this initial training range even where I look at that personally, I go, not for me, but that's the point, isn't Somebody it? Somebody will wear it. Somebody yeah. will wear it. You, you'll yeah. go abroad and someone will be wearing that because you see you see people, every, it doesn't matter what country you go to, you go to you'll see a cast in, in a garish training top. This is how it works, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't. I th- sometimes I think people perhaps underestimate the amount of um, data analysis that goes into what Oxen and Elite Pro produce next. They're not going to produce something similar to, to a, a line that hasn't sold. So they would not be producing these designs if a similar previous design hadn't sold well, um, because that would be really bad for their business. And there's a lot of work goes into analyzing sales and who buys what, how many kids shirts, how many adult shirts um, are sold in each design, et cetera. And ultimately they wouldn't produce them if they didn't sell. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, I just want to move on to obviously kind of your involvement generally. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will be aware of you. Obviously people have communicated with you on Twitter over the years. Uh, will know that in particular, you were heavily involved with the 23 Magic kit. Uh, last year, the Twera Nakao uh, inspired shirt, which I've actually got just over my right shoulder. <laughs> I've got one over here. Uh, it's an absolute beauty, in my opinion. Um, really? I know you've talked to the club about this, and obviously there was a video on the, uh, that the club put out last year, but just that anyone who didn't see that, anyone just unaware, um, could you just talk, talk through your kind, of, your kind of involvement generally uh, in the kind of design process and kind of everything that went into creating what is one of the better kits we've had in recent years, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, first of all, it's a real privilege um, to be able to work with, with Oxen and be able to work with, with the club. Um, and, it, and in this instance, a real privilege to work with, with Tuara as well. Um, they say kind of never never meet your childhood heroes, um, but, but in this case, T was absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, we didn't meet him face-to-face because he's still based in New Zealand, um, but all the communication with him was, was so um, so positive uh, and he was so humble around the club actually wanting to produce a, a shirt that was a, a tribute to him. Um, so essentially, one of my relationship with Oxen kind of built over, probably over lockdown, 
Um, so interaction on Twitter with some of the guys who, who work there, um, and particularly Jenkinson, who, who's the CEO, who's obviously been involved in that kind of industry for, for a very long time. Um, lockdown kind of gave me the opportunity to, to share the shirts that I'd kind of collected over the years um, that I'd got in a cupboard, um, but not really, apart from kind of the small world of people who collect rugby league shirts, kind of not really shared them more publicly. And yeah. lockdown gave me the, the opportunity to do that because you were shut in the house and what else could you do um, okay. apart from put loads of pictures up of old cash rugby shirts. Um, so kind of started forming that relationship through lockdown on Twitter and kind of messaging with, with Lee and a, a couple of other people around classic shirt designs, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then just after lockdown joined the, the fan steering group. Um, and I think um, there's an episode kind of in the future, hopefully to kind of look in into fan steering. Group. Yes. Yeah. Um, so joined the fan steering group and at one of those steering groups, Oxen came along and basically um, took feedback on merchandising what we wanted to see in future and one of the things that we talked around as a steering group was having the um the retro shirts that came out last year um and yeah. they were kind of in their in the, the kind of seed for them was sown in 2021 and obviously on the back of that then built a stronger relationship with with oxen um and it takes time because they this kind of industry you can't have leaks essentially so you need to take that time to to build that trust with the people who you're working with um so initially my involvement was more was more kind of influential in terms of design and suggesting maybe this design might work maybe that design might work, but i never actually saw anything um and then as that relationship built um oxen would send me kind of the design templates and the, the options. So they tend to do kind of four or five options for the home shirt and, and they would ask for feedback on on those. Um, and then it kind of went on to seeing the final design and Oxen asking for feedback and small changes. So my first involvement in the shirts was kind of making slight changes like um, like changing the lettering on uh, the Casper Tigers around the badge. So saying, I think that would look better in black. I think that would look better in white. Um, the third shirt that we had last year, the, the throwback to the 86 shirt, that originally was designed with very thin pinstripe kind of hoops rather than okay. the thicker hoops. So kind of working and saying, look, I think it would be better with, with a bit of a thicker hoop if we're going for 1986. Mm. And then obviously moving on to the Tawara Nikau shirt, everything kind of culminated in kind of, the steering group saying, could we have a, a tribute shirt, which was something that we talked around before, tribute shirt to a player. And I already had a very set design in my head over what that could be. Um, so kind of pitched it almost to Oxen and emailed and, and said, this this is what I think we should do. Um, it should be a, what 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 the purpose was, was to, to pay tribute to Tuara so we didn't want a traditional cash shirt, but it needed to still obviously be a cash shirt. Yeah. So obviously we went with the black for his New Zealand heritage. And then the design on the front from one of his old cash shirts, I think it was the away 91 to 93 shirt with the uh, the kind of disrupted chevron on it. And then um, there was that um, really iconic New Zealand shirt that Tuara wore during his time at Cass with the checkerboard pattern on checkerboard, it. Checkerboard, yeah, of course. Mm. 
and you could just see that the two things coming together we've got a design here that's like a chevron let's include that checkerboard design in it to pay tribute to his, his appearances for new zealand then obviously we got in touch with tuara we sent some of the images over um, we asked him if he wanted to make any contribution and he was keen to have those maori spears that are on the sleeves that was all tuara he wanted that design because he that had been on one of his maori New Zealand shirts that he he really took pride in so we put that on the design kind of with his um with his guidance and and we produced what what we produced so my involvement's kind of gone from being a little bit of a sounding board all the way up to kind of having full control of that design for for the Nikau shirt I mean Adam how good is that That's incredible <laughs> isn't it I think for most cast fans being able to sort of steer and design almost design a a cash shirt, something that you can probably kids will dream about. So I mean, to I'll be, be able to do it, amazing. I mean, thanks to the club, obviously, for giving us this opportunity to kind of see uh, the awake ahead of time. Obviously, get this podcast out. I was like a kid at Christmas, just seeing the finished product. Yeah. I'm actually producing one from scratch. So we I mean... were so excited, weren't we, on uh, Monday when we when we recorded our initial reactions? I was trying to I keep mean, it cool. It is kind <laughs> of like um, like as a kid, you can imagine, you know, all those designer shirt competitions yeah. that mm-hmm. football teams used to do, and it used to be in the football magazines, and you had to kind of design. I remember spending hours and hours yeah. designing cash shirts as a kid, and thinking about what what they could look like, and kind of cutting out manic kind of shirt shaped bits of paper and, and putting designs on um and, and i remember you know spending hours doing that as a kid um and hopefully all that all that practice paid off um hopefully um and it seemed to you know, everyone seemed to be really positive about that shirt which was great i must admit i was absolutely bricking it um the day be- I'd, I'd got up to the day before release thinking this is great i love this design and the 24 hours before i thought oh god what if nobody likes it <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> so yeah yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm certainly, as I say, I've literally got one in this room with me. Uh, I think it's an absolute cracker. I think we've had a good run of Magic Weekend shirts, to be honest, but that was um, that was right up there w- with the very best. But yeah, I mean, Adam, how, how good is it that, I mean, obviously there's been lots of talk about kind of communication with the club and how open the club are just generally with it, with various things. And obviously I think we've we've potentially had a, had a small part in opening that kind of side of things up to uh, communication-wise, but it's just stuff the club. This is stuff the fans don't know, isn't it? Uh, really, yeah. that like obviously Oxton themselves as well. It's great that Oxton are so uh, opening for this kind of stuff, but obviously the club are involved in that as well. It, it's brilliant that the fan steering group yourself have been involved for like, sounds like the last three or four years in, in the design of these kits. Because, like I say, as we mentioned, they're such a massive revenue driver. Aren't they? they are so important to the club. So to be putting those in the hands of the fans, one, it's a, it's a great sign of trust. But um. Adam, it's really positive, isn't it? It's just really, really positive. Incredibly positive. And I think the fan steering group's only going to grow in its involvement and its ability to sort of help the club along. It's only a good thing being able to kind of put some decisions to fans, let them have their say, let them feedback on things. But as you say, having Oxen come actually down to the fan steering group, listening to fans' opinions advice then obviously getting Steve yourself on on board and running things by you letting actual cast fans have a say down the track even if it's halfway down the track when it comes to shirts design kit, uh, training wear design end of the day the fans are the ones that are going to be buying this stuff 
So, realistically, it's the best uh, course of action to get them involved as early as possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit sensitive, obviously, because, again, the fan steering group are great, but Oxen don't obviously choose who's on that fan steering group. So, yeah, of course. Um, it, it's kind of got the shirt stuff's kind of had two levels to it in that yeah. they, they do come to fan steering group and they listen to, to the group. But when it comes to kind of being more directly involved in seeing the shirts, being involved in that process, that's kind of something that I've, I've done separately right. to the, the fan steering group. Um, so it's always an interesting meeting for me when Oxen come um, <laughs> because I'm not quite sure who I'm more part of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not a bad couple of camps to have a fit in, I suppose. So, um, but no, I mean, I'll say I've, you've done a fantastic job, obviously, with the Magic Week in K itself. But even the little like touches you said, even even you know the um, the, the stripes on the eighty six uh, shirt last year, it's little details like that. I mean, you, as far as hands go, they, they don't get much safer than yours. I assume with your knowledge of uh, of kits in years gone by. Um, we are going to get on to kind of favorite all time caskets because obviously we are. But while we're not on this kind of podcast. Um, first and foremost, just a general kind of chat on kits just generally across the league, obviously in recent years. And I've been on a train about half an hour ago and seen some interesting announcements <laughs> from various clubs. Um, Wigan Warriors have just released some interesting ones, to say the least. Um, yeah, what's your kind of take on, on, on kits in recent years? And I'll kick off with the obvious one, Lee. <laughs> what, 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 what do you reckon, Steve? Well, let's just say I'm banned. I think I'm blocked by Lee's social media on on every one. social media platform <laughs> um, for pointing out that that, that leopards are jaguar. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think they were that keen. Um, but I mean, I, I'm torn, right? Because it needs to be distinctive, and they yeah. need a change at Lee. Um, so I am a little bit torn from a design point of view. I think it's horrific. I think the shirt is awful. Um, and this year's, um, but I mean, some other clubs, they look like they're employing Derek Beaumont to design theirs as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, those ones we're seeing that are really garish, really out there. I'm not quite, I don't, I don't personally see it. I, I personally can't imagine that many people buying those. Um, they're, they're more like the purple and green kit that we've done, I think will divide opinion, but it, it's not fluorescent. It, it's still a, <laughs> but these were they're, they're they're really really extreme end, aren't they? Of of bright and um, distinctive, and I'm I'm not convinced around that carrying on forever. And one of the things I think the clubs will need to be careful of is these things go in cycles. Um, so the pink kits, for example, um, Hull KR released their pink kit today. Yep. Um, and. They've badged it as, you know, dare to be different. I'm not convinced it's that different anymore. It's I, not I different think... when we've had countless over the last 20 years, yeah. is it? I mean, Leeds released a pink kit maybe 16, 17 years ago now. I mean, it's, it's nothing new, is it? No, no. Um, so I think clubs are maybe trying to jump onto the kind of garish, outlandish bandwagon, and I'm not sure how long it's going to last. But again, all of those kit companies will be doing their data analysis. They will all be looking at prior sales. They will be looking at what's been bought in the training range before they decide what colours to use in replica shirts. And they will have seen the data that suggests that those shirts will will sell and be popular. Uh, and there's not much you can do to argue with that um, because they have they have the data at their fingertips on sales and what's popular that, that we don't necessarily have. 
Yeah, I suppose it is quite interesting as well. I mean, as you say, they're all doing the research, it's different companies, and as you say, Hulk are gone pink. Um, who are the other clubs? Wigan, as I said today. Um, the home kit is a it's a bit of an eye tester <laughs> as you're looking at it. It's an interesting one with what done with the striping, but the away kit in particular is, is extremely garish. And there is multiple examples this year of uh, Warrington obviously have gone. So to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, it's a similar scheme to us, but it's more garish than us uh, for sure. And obviously they've gone uh, predominantly green. It is Bogey interesting green. how many clubs Come have on. gone. Yannick Bogey Green. Frog <laughs> 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 Green here. Yeah, it is interesting how many clubs, how many clubs, particularly the away kits, have gone quite. Uh, quite bold at the very least. Yeah. But, um, I, again, time, I th- some, sorry, sorry, I think it comes back to that trying to hit the range. So yeah. if you've got a traditional, like Wigan have gone with a, what can you do with red and white hoops? They've tried to do something a little bit different, but essentially it's red and white hoops. You've got to go different for your away. And it's hitting that range so that you produce one shirt that everybody likes. And there's no, it's no good just producing another basic design on top of another basic design, just in a different color. Because if you don't like basic design, then you're not buying it, whatever color it is. Um, and I think Saints have the hardest job here. Yeah, because I was about to bring that up. Yeah. What a nightmare! Because they have a red V, and if you stray from that red V, their fans are up in arms. Oh. Um, so they've got a, a really hard job. And and again, their shirt this year is almost identical to last year's it's got a collar um, it's got a collar and apparently the the um the chevron's two-tone apparently i couldn't see that particularly well in images um but um apparently it's a little bit more obvious kind of in the flesh um but but they are really hamstrung by by yeah. their design but we're not and i think that's one of the advantages that we have as a club is that we're not that hamstrung hamstrung by a particular um, design like like Saints are, are, are dictated by that red V and Wigan are dictated by those red and right hoops and they don't go away from them. We've got a lot more flexibility than that. Um, yeah. The other thing about this year's kits I think is really interesting are those kits where the sponsors have gone yes. have coordinated and how much better those kits look for their sponsors agreeing to go with the, the colour scheme of the kit. Um, that it looks so much better. And that can only be good for the sponsors, in my view, because they sell more shirts, the shirts look better, they sell more shirts, they get more exposure. And, and thinking to that Wigan one that's released today, the sponsors very, it's very contrast <laughs> with the shirt so much. Yeah. And I get the argument, well, that's what the sponsor pays for, they stand out. But if that deters people from buying the shirt, then they lose the exposure that they might have had if, if they'd have coordinated. And I think that's really obvious on our um, away shirt this year so that yeah. purple and green shirt the sponsors have all gone white because mm-hmm. it wouldn't have looked right to have the red barbenidom the the blue and yellow cbr that wouldn't have looked right on that shirt and i think it's great that the sponsors are starting to or, or, and our sponsors are starting to buy into this idea that it's actually better to fit the sponsor into the shirt design rather than just slap something on top I must admit, it was the, th- it was the first thing I noticed. Uh, the first thing I noticed was the sponsor integration on, on the new yeah. way kit. The fact it's it was amazing. white and just an absolute sigh of relief, wasn't it? <laughs> just yeah. to see those, to see those designs in white. Yeah, because we we've looked through uh, a couple of shirts this year. The, you mentioned the Wigan one that's just come out, but we uh, commented on the away shirt for Saint Helens. Yeah, how much we love that shirt, and the only gripe we've got with it is the fact that home bargains have not budged. Obviously on that integration and have said, no, we're having his logo, which I mean, the well within the rights to do obviously is a kind of multi-million 
compound business. They want to keep the integrity of their brand logo. But how much better would it have looked if it had integrated <laughs> yeah. on that shirt? Just, just taking the blue off. They're just taking the blue off. They've the red. <laughs> I reckon that would have been probably the nicest shirt this year, this season yeah. throughout Super League if just that little bit. It's a shame, isn't it? Because I understand the point of view as well in yeah. the sense that, yeah, but people are talking about, I mean, we just brought it up, people are talking about home bargains yeah. because of that, which I get the contrasting, but it's not in a positive light. I, I'm not, well, I, I'm not going to actively go out more to shop at home bargains because it's a, <laughs> a bright, I, because it's I might do the opposite. I might, I might deliberately not shop there because I've ruined a rugby league shirt. But as you say, you, you, the Saints might be looking at one of the highest selling away shirts of all time if they just um, did a little bit more integration there, but it's one of those, one of those debates, I guess. Um, just just coming back to Lee, I think it's funny. Um, Adam Lee, um, Lee. I'll, I'll kick off. I think I've said this before. The home kit last year, I completely agree with Steve. It was atrocious, mm. absolutely. It just looked like it had been slapped together in a, in a few weeks, which it maybe was. it was. Um, I didn't mind the away kit. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't actually mind this idea of using the leopard print as a device as a, as a kind of branding tool i think i think there's only so much they can do with it as you say i mean you've got to i do feel for the lee fans have been there 70 years who so used to red and white hoops and going away with that but and i don't particularly i think the home kit's fine this year but at least they are sticking to leopard print i, I do yeah. think to an extent they do have to be applauded in the sense that they are trying to get something that is lee well yeah this modern league i guess they're trying to be quite out there which I think he's Derek Belmont to a T yeah. very much an outlandish character in himself um, chose to rebrand the team because he likes leopards I mean <laughs> I think <laughs> what it is, isn't it? I agree with you in saying the away shirt and I think the uh, Wembley shirt were definitely better than the initial home shirt still weren't great but yeah weren't great I mean better. but it's nice to see a bit of an improvement and then, yeah, and this year, obviously, sticking with it, kind of going with that branding, it gives you a talking point. Yeah, I mean, we're sat, as you said, we're sat here talking about like the same. We're sat, we're sat talking about our own bargains when we probably wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's an element with Lee as well. I think we said it on the podcast a few weeks ago. Had they come eleventh, had they not got to Wembley, it's, it's probably a different conversation. It's one of those where it kind of worked because they were so good on the field last year. Yeah. But had it gone the other way, I think it would have been the laughing stock. It really was, and they, they clearly didn't execute the um, the brand shifts very 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 well. Obviously, um, but yeah, it, it is interesting that how they've gone down that approach, and because obviously it's something that not even rugby league, but just across sport, there isn't really a team that's kind of taken what is a, a recognised colour in I, I guess mm. it, it, it is a pattern uh, that you could take on that it is kind of recognisable so yeah. it is interesting to go on that route but um, not yeah. doing their um, IMG social media criteria bad either is it not at all no, it's not no and um, yeah it's certainly not I don't know about the website hits because that was still Centurions until about August but <laughs> completely that, disappeared for a while I think yeah. as well so that one's not, not, the, not the greatest move I'll be honest not great, and it is quite funny that Elgren ran a mile this year. And like, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what I, I don't know what happened there. Obviously, that I've seen the change. Um, I don't know if they were kind of out of their deal anyway, or whether that's been um, a reaction to it. What what I would say is, um, you didn't see Elgren 
retweet much of Lee and their shirts last year. They were kind of they're, they're big on their retweeting any club that yeah. they yeah. they supply, um, but they, they weren't massively retweeting um, retweeting Lee's um, kits, were they? Uh, and um, and there was a little bit on social media. I don't know. You had to probably dig a little bit quite deep but being sad like i am i'm always digging into the kind of shirt stuff and and i think there were a few things that elgren had put on social media um in reply to lee fans comments that suggested that relationship had had broken down yeah and elgren very much a brand obviously from from yesteryear but now very much back in the last couple of years very much a brand is trying to grow and get more clubs on board rather than lose contracts at this point. Certainly the challenge cup winners you'd think they'd be throwing money at it if they wanted to be involved and we joke about the home kit, but did Derek literally just do that on paint and say you've got to build as that? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's, it's not beyond the realm's possibility that was really the case. So, uh, yeah. Good to see a brand like Elgin back in the game, though, to be fair. And I think they've made some yeah. pretty good kits for Yeah, um, their Wakefield kits were great last week, weren't uh, Last year, weren't they? Oh, they were. I don't, mind the, I don't mind the current one, to be fair. I think it's a bit, it's a bit roosters, but... Yeah. They've got nice kids, so yeah. <laughs> so why not? I think Elgin are a good brand to have back in the game. Um, but enough about other teams. Enough about yeah, other not players. as good as Oxen, though, right? <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, let's talk about cast. Let's talk about cast. Favorite all-time cast kits. It's, it's, it's a, a, a difficult question for you, Steve. Obviously, you've got such. I mean, obviously, you're so involved in it, and, and I mean, you've literally dedicated your whole Twitter account to it. So this is quite a difficult question, I'm sure. But we'll start with Adam to give you a little bit of chance to think. Uh, and Adam will be pleased I put him on the spot with this one. Favourite all-time casket? Go, hit me with it. It's a tricky one because there's quite a few that have got meaning. When you say it immediately, I'm thinking about the blue KFC kit, just sort of from my past. Okay, yeah. Blue yeah. KFC. I was talking I to a, on that one. Yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine about, obviously, um, giving him a little sneak peek that we'd recorded and seen the kit. Never showed it, don't worry. And the first thing he brought up was the blue KFC kit. I went, I know, how beautiful that kind of the deep royal blue. And then it was kind of like a lighter blue on the sides, if I remember. Steve's giving yeah, me a nod. We had a couple of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of one from yesteryear that I, I kind of remember. The red Diggerland kits. <laughs> yeah. They speak out into me. Um, the quartered 80th anniversary kit. And I know that's going to be a favourite because we've talked about that before. And I know Steve just give me a point, and it's it. What a beautiful kit! Stunning, it's absolutely it's stunning. beautiful. Me and Steve spoke the other day, obviously preparing for this podcast, and completely out. Well, pretty much out of context. You sent me a picture of that kit, didn't you, Steve? And I was like, me and Adam were just talking yeah. about that on the podcast. Yeah. I was like, it's an absolute beauty. It, like, I think you said yourself, apart from probably Harlequins, obviously from the reunion. And there's been a few examples, I think, that Leeds have back in the day. Not too many teams kind of go for that quarter design either, do they? No, and, and it's such a good design as well. It's simplistic, but really effective. Um, and talking around like top caskets, it's definitely like in the top five for me um, of kits that we've produced. And sometimes I think I'm a little bit biased because I like the more unusual, um, mm. kind of, or the rarer, maybe is fair to say. So obviously that, that kit was a, a one-off game. Um, they didn't actually produce that many replicas. So if you've got a replica, one of those, y- y- you've got a pretty rare cash shirt as far as rare cash shirts goes. And and again, the playing shirts, they literally numbered up. They were 
whoever was playing in that game uh, and, and went with that. And they're the only playing shirts that exist as well. So I sometimes think I'm maybe a little bit biased by the, the rarer stuff. Um, but I don't think I am in this case. I think it is just such a good design um, and one that I think, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it back. I'd love to see that come back. It's an absolute belter. It's an absolute belter. I, I'll ask you, I'll, I'll go for mine in a minute, but I think while, while I'm speaking, Steve, if you go favourite home, favourite away, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, so it kind of, kind of cover both bases and I think I'll give mine first. So I think my favourite away kit actually is one that's before my time. It was actually a couple of years before I was even born, but looking back on it, um, just kind of the imagery I've seen of it, I, someone posted a, uh, an old programme. I think it was at... Um, Richard Shaw, right, actually posted a, an old program for a couple of from a couple of weeks ago from I think it was 95 uh, of Graham Stebbin wearing it. The red and the black, the red, white, and black kit. If we were ever gonna if we we're ever gonna create similar to what we did with the third kit last year, a kind of modern version of a retro kit, I want that one. <laughs> I think that's an absolute belter. I absolutely love that design. Maybe it's because I also follow Liverpool as well, so I like red. I don't know. But I love that kit. I absolutely love that kit. Um, Hicks on the front of it, but as well, I believe at that mm. time, which is obviously iconic in itself. Um, so that's one, from, yeah, before my even time, really. But I absolutely love that design. I'd love to see a modern version of that. We have done a little bit of red uh, since there was a Help of Heroes kit uh, around kind of the end of the noughties, I think. Um, but we haven't done red too much. Um, but in terms of a home kit, kind of in my time watching the game, I, I thought 2014 was superb. Yeah. kind of similar to the home kit this year really. it probably is the reverse in a way uh, to what people were calling for this season but um, yeah the 2014 kit uh, obviously got to Wembley in that uh, didn't play in Wembley in that one but got to Wembley in that in that jersey uh, we were talking about uh, Daryl Clark the other day weren't we Adam in terms of his yeah. Man of Steel year and just an absolute brilliant design and the away kit was fantastic that year as well yeah. but I think the 2014 home of like recent kits in terms of the last 15-20 years Absolute belter for me. Um, but you're the expert, Steve. What 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 are the, what are the best caskets ever? Go on. Ooh, uh, for me, the iconic one is the '86, the cup final one. Um, and obviously, we've had updates on that as recently as last year. Um, but I think that is the iconic Castleford design, that amber with the two narrow hoops. Um, I just think that is quintessentially Cass. Um, so I, as a home shirt, I think that probably just trumps everything. And, and yes, it's probably because there's all that those famous images around winning that cup in '86, etc. But it that win cemented that I think as an iconic Castleford shirt. Obviously, the stuff from the the cup final winning shirts from the late '60s, early '70s. Yes, I think people know what those designs are, but people don't have those within living memory. Potentially, not many people have those within living memory. Um, and certainly at that time, what the team wore on the pitch wasn't really given that much attention as it is now. Um, but that win in 86, I think, set that that home shirt as um, a, an iconic cash shirt, which is, is which is why we've been coming back to it on and off over over the years. So, so in terms of home shirt, I can't look beyond that. Yeah, that's away. Ooh, away. Uh, one of the shirts I really love is the one that we um, based the Nikau shirt on. So it's a really amber away shirt, but people yeah. often people think it's a home shirt because it's mm. so amber, <laughs> but actually it was the, the away shirt. Um, and I just love that design. It's just so 90s. Um, it's so different. It, it's got just the right amber shading 
in my view, that little bit darker amber than we see on on more recent shirts. Um, and and I just I just loved that that design. I thought it was brilliant. Um, again, on in terms of rarities, a, a bit of an interesting story around that one because there weren't actually that many of those produced either. Um, apparently, there's a fire at the Elgram factory, so the next batch of shirts um, that were meant to be coming to the club to be sold never never made it. They were burnt oh, in, wow. the, in the fire factory in the fire at the factory, as was the next batch of playing shirts. So the club apparently often tried to avoid using that design because we only had one set of playing <laughs> shirts in that design so they would try and preserve this this one kit um until the end of the kind of until the end of its use which of course in those days wasn't just one season um it was no. two sometimes three seasons so you won't see many games where we were wearing that shirt and, and that's because we only had one one batch um which i think is a really kind of interesting story for for people who are sad like me and kind of um, kind of find that stuff interesting. No, absolutely. I love it on the ones like that. Yeah. That, that, that. That's fantastic. That's, that's anything to do with that kind of equipment kits. And um, one of my favourite stories across kit, not rugby league, but generally is the, the story behind um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL. The reason why they've got the logo on one side of the helmet is because... I think they ran out of stickers <laughs> originally <laughs> back in the day, back in the fifties, but for whatever reason, the Steelers logo was just on one side, just a, a kit man's mistake 60 years ago. And they just stick with it. They must have won <laughs> that day. Uh, so they go a bit, I love little stuff like that uh, with kits. And I, I, to be honest, I think probably the most famous kit, probably debacle in our time, Adam, would the... be going to Halifax and uh, yeah. <laughs> wearing the Halifax yeah. kits. Wouldn't it? Like that game, I remember that very well. Very interesting to suddenly see us rock out in the uh, Halifax Blue. Probably the, oh. the, the best Halifax Blue Sox team of the last Rangie Chase played, didn't he? Yeah. And then yeah. If you yeah, look... I, I think we lost that. Actually. We weren't very good. Well, <laughs> nah. there was, and, and again, that um, th- there was big debate around that at the time um, because on the on the RFL's kit schedule, we were actually due to wear the away shirt, so we we took our away shirt. Um, but we'd done a deal with Halifax um, earlier in the year whereby we wore our away shirt at Weldon Road. Um, so we wore the white version um, at Weldon Road and they wore their home. And the, the agreement between the two clubs was that we would then swap yeah. when we went to Huddersfield um, and we would wear our home and they would wear their away. Um, it's a bit of a sales pitch, I think, because obviously you see the players wearing it on the pitch, then you want to buy the shirt. So... According to the RFL schedule, we were we were right. We took we took the right yeah. kit. It was um, that brought the wrong it kit, was wasn't it? Huddersfield <laughs> that, that had their own kit, but there was this agreement between the clubs that it had, that we'd reverse them, and, and ultimately, um, I think that the rules were that, and still are that, all the clubs have to take all their kits to every game if the referee wants a change of kit, because um, they think there's a clash. So ultimately, Cass hadn't taken the both kits they'd just taken the kit they thought they were going to wear which is why we ended up kind of i think we got fine for it didn't we in the I end think, i think we did yeah i think um yeah as me and as know well it's a tricky old game this uh this kit man business isn't it <laughs> a little bit of Stu Voss does a brilliant job i've got a record as a kit man let's be honest let's remember that ross i've got a hundred percent record as a kit man you do, you do. Adam was honorary kit man for one cast game um, when we played London Broncos away in 2018. Yeah, Stuart, unfortunately, Stuart Voss was ill that game, so 
I stepped up to the mark. Yeah, 100% recorded. Not sure if I was since. Um, but we, we are hopefully, yeah, we, we, well, we are going to get Stu on the podcast at some point. We chatted to him a few weeks ago and I can't wait yeah. to get Stu on. And he'll, he'll, he'll be talking us through the antiquities of, <laughs> of, of, being, the, of being cast as a legendary kit man, I'm sure. Um, it is really interesting. Um, let's move on a little bit then. As I said, I kind of want to bring up kind of the general kind of branding of the club as we kind of touched on earlier, the orange jam, the stuff, and also the logo itself. Just, just, just generally uh, the way the club's branded. Obviously, we are going more towards the amber direction now. Um, that does still throw up, as you mentioned, Adam, the fact that yeah, we might have amber on the fields, amber across a lot of our social media marketing now as well. That's kind of all switched over. We've still got an orange logo. <laughs> we do because, as we said, the tag tags are orange and all kind of stuff. Probably raises a wider point on the logo itself, though, doesn't it, Adam? Yeah. Obviously, we both work in the social media space. Um. It's not the worst in Super League for that, uh, in terms of its kind of um, durability, I suppose, in, in, in the media space. It's certainly not the worst. I think there's some really bad ones, actually, in Super League, in terms of the, how they kind of move over into the digital digital area. Uh, Hull FC aren't great. Uh, despite it being iconic, League Rhinos aren't great for that, to be honest, with the logo. Um, but ours isn't fantastic either, We're probably middle of the ground. Similar to what Wigan have done recently, Hull KR have done recently, Wakefield did just no one noticed because it was so <laughs> it was so small. Uh, the little changes <laughs> they did. Uh, Adam, I'll come to you first. Is it time yes. for us to kind of look at this? Go on. Yeah, I'm not even going to let you finish the question. Just be- yes, I feel like it's almost past the time that it's it's time to give it a modern twist and really look at how we kind of position our logo across not only social media but then everything to do with apparel and kits and kind of when it's uh, represented around the stadium and pitch side you can really do some great work with a, a good logo that you can utilize in many many different ways we've spoken before Ross and we're big big fans of OKRs yeah the way that they are able to pull out that sort of robin slash crown that they've kind of created such a smart design I think. it's just yeah incredibly clever and it's it really does bring another dimension to when they are trying to do promotional uh, promotional stuff yeah i think it speaks to their wider marketing campaign doesn't it i yeah. think it was a big part of that and it was kind of the catalyst for a lot of the other stuff they've done um but yeah it's an interesting thing now in terms of logos because um i think traditionally it's always been how does it look on tv how yeah. does it look on the kit how does it look on a shirt uh the fact of the matter is now the we're all on his phones 24-7, very much. The the number one time a cast fan, a diehard cast fan, goes every single game, the, the most they're ever going to see the logo is in the top left of their phone uh, as they're scrolling down Facebook, as they're scrolling down Twitter, Instagram. It's pretty small. It's pretty small. And you need something nowadays that's quite as in your face as you possibly can. Uh, I think in that very small space, which I think okay, I'll do very well because it's so simple and yet so striking. Um, what's your thoughts, Steve? I mean, obviously... I, I'm not, I don't want to say I don't like the logo. I do. I do love the cast badge. Um, obviously, I've grown up a bit, and obviously, it's, it's been around since early 90s, hasn't it? It's got a lot of history in itself. What, what is your take on it, and do you think there's, it is time for a bit of a change? Yeah, I think it is time. I'm Again, I'm a massive fan of the, the logo as well. I'm, But I, I think as we move into more and more that digital age, I'm, I think it just needs a simplification. Um so you'll notice even on some of the shirts now, it's really hard to produce that 
tiger head, particularly towards the bottom where the kind of mouth's open and if we're being a lot honest, detail in it. It's yeah. The original logo isn't called improperly. <laughs> no one wants no. to talk about it. It's not actually called improperly. <laughs> no. Um so I, I still think what I don't want us to do is to go to a completely different design completely, like um, a full Tiger Leaping or a West Tigers yeah. kind of version. I don't want us to, to go to that, but I think I like the concept of, of the Tiger head and it facing forwards and, you know, seeing both its eyes. And I, I like that concept, but I think what we have at the moment needs simplification. Yeah, I completely agree. And like potentially, if there is a way, like Hulk character, of pulling elements of it out, which uh, are then distinctly, distinctly Castleford as well, in kind of a secondary logo or something like that, whether it be, you know, aspects of the the old coat of arms, for example, which they could put into it, or perhaps CT or whatever you want, or simply cast uh, the, the various different things, which graphic designers much much better than me much cleverer than me can, can do these things uh, and, and centenary coming up as well could be a perfect chance perfect chance um i think that is a real kind of right 100 years let's get this modernized now um and i think that would be a really good point at which to launch a, a simplified badge yeah i completely agree i discussed it the other day whether it be um the 100th year itself the centenary itself we go maybe give it one last run or we go coat of arms or something like that. And then the 101st year, maybe we go right new era. We've done hundred years. Here's to the next hundred years. Maybe there's various kind of women market head on various ways to yeah. do that. Uh, but I completely agree in the next two, three years. It, I think it does need to, it needs to happen because we're going to get left behind, I think. Cause I think every other team uh, is going to do so uh, at a certain point. As I say, we've seen multiple of the last five years. Like I say, I, I still don't think we're, we're the worst. Like I say, Leeds Rhinos, Catlands isn't great, really. Catlands are a brand that could really be propelled, I think, by a much yeah. more striking logo. Um, th- th- we are just one of those um, logos which is just a bit clip-arty, dare I say, because uh, they are. I mean, they're from that kind of generation. They're from the 90s, aren't they? They're from, they're from that era when uh, we're not in that era anymore. So uh, as much as we love it, we do love it. It would be nice to, to move on a tad. Um, so, yeah, Centenary then. As we say, it's only a couple of years away. Um, 1926 to 2026, um, 100 years of the club, as we say. I agree. I think some kind of logo approach uh, will be the right thing to do. In terms of what we actually wear that year, it's tough, isn't it? Uh, we had this discussion, obviously, we've talked about as uh, our favourite kits already. As you mentioned, 86 might be the quintessential casket. So, so do we just go with that? Or, there's, like I say, there's a course of the 6970. There's, there's, there's a course, there's a case for loads of kits, isn't there? Absolutely. And and I think I was quite surprised when I saw the third kit for last year because I had in my head that we would probably go with that for 2026 yeah. home. So when it kind of, when I saw the design for that, initially my reaction was, whoa, well, what about 2026? Because hmm. um, surely, surely we're going with, with that design for 2026, but I don't think we can now. Um, I, I think that I'd be too similar, too close together. We usually tend to go with that kit like once a decade. Yeah. Um, so 2023, we had it back in 2011. Yeah. Um, so it, it'd be too soon to do that kit again. Um, I think the decisions that need to be kind of made first are whether we have, whether the home shirt is like a centenary shirt um, mm-hmm. and we have it all year. But obviously for the 80th and the 90th, we had a one-off. Um, True. 
won uh, well the 80th was won in one game but the 90th i think it was won in a few games but it was back end of the season um it was did we call it yeah did we call it a super eight shirt i think yeah uh no i think um the the la- the, the the names around that year were a bit um a bit confusing because we had the magic weekend shirt the one with the big tiger on it in 2016 yes it was magic weekend and super eights yeah i think and then we had 90th (laughs) anniversary but we did wear it in the super eights we Um, used it as an alternate for the super eights we did yeah um so whether we go down that route of having a centenary shirt that's either a one-off or um or a late season celebration shirt or perhaps worn in a game that's the closest to when the first ever cast fixture was played um yeah. i think that's a decision you know do, do we have a centenary shirt that is the home shirt and lasts all year or do we have this one-off or limited shirt like we had in um for the 80th and the 90th so i think that that needs discussion first as well yeah 100 that as you've said that there's so many different options and we are blessed in the fact we have, we do have so many options we could go with uh for that i mean there's literally four base colours where you could realistically look at it and go, that's a casket, because you could go black, you could go white, you could go orange, you could go amber, which is no other team's really got that, I don't really. Uh, I don't think across the sport in the sense that they all can look like a, like a casket if you take the badge and the sponsor off, as you, as you said earlier on in the pod. Um, yeah, we, we had a couple of, uh, like I said, we had a chat about the centenary a couple of days ago. I want to get your take on this, Adam, as well. It's away from kits, more just the general cast talk, but that does seem like a year if any year, I'm not even entirely sure, and I hope someone will um, correct me on on Twitter if this is the case. In fact, you'll probably know yourself. In terms of kind of a Hall of Fame that the club has, do we have a proper official one that's really kind of given the time of day? Um, I think there is... there's comments about like immortals that we've got within the club. I think I, I believe they're on the on the, the wall in the training ground. I think I saw it on a video the other day, but it's not really talked about, is it? And it'd be great to really kind of make a big song and dance about a Hall of Fame if it doesn't already officially exist. We really need to make sure one's in place in 2026, don't we? Absolutely. I think to celebrate the history of the club, it's a great way to do it. And you can do it sort of at a nice little event with sort of the immortals or whatever we call them, Hall of Fame players that are obviously still with us. Yeah. Celebrate the ones obviously from yesteryear that have obviously unfortunately passed away. But the so we need to really celebrate it in a way where we can get every fan involved in a way, whether it's through centenary shirts, events, kind of just kind of educating and documenting the history of the club. Yes, there's a lot of these fans like kind of myself, probably all three of us, that won't know history going way back. We won't know everything, but it'd be really nice to educate kids that have just started that have maybe yeah. only seen from sort of 2017 onwards. Because I'm sure we've had a lot of new fans coming at that point, but educating them around sort of even just kind of the 86 team. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of kids won't really understand or kind of, well, yeah, understand sort of probably their parents' fascination with how good that 86 team is or was. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about the, the the current crop of kind of fans coming through. Obviously, we chat to a lot of the lads who are kind of 18, 19, who are just kind of uh, watching now. How many of them, they might be aware of it, but how many of them know 
just how important Malcolm really was to the, <laughs> the sport of rugby league, for example. Not many. They won't. It, it's insane, really. The fact, obviously, he's you know, countless hundreds of games coaching and playing for Cass. Went over to the NRL, was just as successful. Coached Great Britain, played for Great Britain. Just wanted, genuinely, if anyone was going to be an, an, an mentioned Immortals, if there was ever going to be a British inducting into the Australian Immortals, which they'll never do, but if they ever did, it would probably Malcolm really. It was, you know, and how many of our fans know that, that he was very much our, our player and our coach. Uh, that's yeah. something that I think the club needs to do a job on, I think. Uh, it's not 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 easy, don't be wrong, because obviously people don't necessarily want to sit down in interviews and it can be a little bit dry sometimes, things like that, but there's ways and means to do it and I think the club need to really kind of celebrate an unbelievable history that we've got. Yeah, I mean, and you could bring bring the two things together, couldn't you, with shirt design, yeah. in that if, if we did promote the Hall of Fame, and I'm pretty sure there is one because there are plant pots in Castown Centre, aren't they, that are sure <laughs> yeah. they're the Hall of Fame. I don't think they are literally the Hall of Fame, but I'm sure they've got the names on of the players who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, but it, if you sublimated the names of the Hall of Fame players into the Centenary shirt, there's your raising awareness. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because, again, you're going to sell countless shirts if you've got a 12-year-old going, oh, who's that? Yeah. Straight away, the, the, the dad, the granddad, the great-granddad can tell them, you know what I mean? And that, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I think that's, I think that's a great idea, the submission to the shirt. And um, I, I know we discussed about it, whether it be the original 1926 team or something like that, but I think it should be the legends. I think it should be the real legends, the people who really kind of made a mark for the club. Uh, coaches as well, throw coaches on there for, by all means. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be beautiful for a for a centenary shirt, and um, I'm sure we'll chat before then. Well, we certainly will chat before then. Uh, yeah. in, in, before we get to 2026, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, ho- hopefully you're involved. Uh, hopefully they, they will be involved in, in that process because clearly, fingers crossed. Clearly, Oxen's contract is quite long, I think. So hopefully, they, that relationship <laughs> will will stand the test of time, um, uh, and I'll be involved for for as long as Oxen are, and then um, hopefully, you know, be able to make those relationships. Should we ever, um, you'll be free agent then. Be free agent. Free agent. I, <laughs> start selling myself out to other clubs. Well, we're very glad you do. We're very glad you do. Uh, we're going to leave it there. I think uh, Stevie's going to stay with us because we are going to do the third episode. Uh, of my 13 which is very exciting and actually thinking about it you've probably already heard that <laughs> because this is going out <laughs> afterwards um so we'll use a little bit of time travel but um yeah this has been a brilliant episode i absolutely loved it uh thank you to the club once again for giving us uh, a little sneak peek at, uh, of the awake in order for us to record this episode for you and get it out nice and quickly off the back of the announcement i hope you like it i it's certainly one that's grown on me uh, i liked it anyway initially I kind of love it, to be honest. Uh, it's kind of grown on me after a few days, and I think it's going to be an absolute cracker and is going to look fantastic on the field, uh, I think, as will the home kit. Um, Steve, an absolute pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Adam, you're always here. Always great to be here. <laughs> I love talking cast, so I'm always here when there's uh, talk about the Tigers. Absolutely. Hope you've all enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you soon. Coif. <laughs>